As a human, if you are looking to change the way you treat plants and animals, learn from them even. Then listen to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor, fluxing, Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the master interrupter kaiju powers. Yeah, Team Godzilla representing. <laughs> also for this discussion of the film, King Kong versus Godzilla, we welcome back aboard uh, professional writer, raging nerd, and host of the Monster Island Film Vault podcast, Nathan Marchand. Welcome, Nathan. Hello, Retro Rewinders. Hello, Thank- Nathan. <laughs> Come on. I all, Everywhere I go, I bring a much-needed Robin Williams energy. Haven't you seen Good Morning Vietnam? I have. You, there are, <laughs> what? I have seen Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, that's where I, that's where the shtick came from, man. How is that Vietnam related my... to your kaiju island, though? No, what? how Robin Williams does his radio show in that movie. I understand right. that. But you're connecting it. You're the monster film. I, I, the monster island film vault guy. <laughs> And you're quoting Robin Williams. Has Robin Williams ever been in a kaiju movie? Where's the Williams connection? He's a monster himself. <laughs> if you ever <laughs> I mean, a monster talented. I guess he does have Monstrous, monstrously power. talented. Oh, yes. yes, yes, yes. Why are we talking about Robin Williams? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then there's my master interrupter, my intrepid producer Jimmy from NASA. Yes, you survived the infamous war in space, and you still won't tell me how. At this point, he's just content to hang out with Alice o- over there. So I guess I guess we can have Timmy aboard. It's fine. Yeah, Jimmy, Timmy. Yeah, that's why I said. Yeah, that's why I said. Timmy is his cousin. <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> Anyway, now that you have a quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for King Kong versus Godzilla? Sure. Just point to make that this is not Godzilla versus King Kong, which <laughs> is, you know, supposed to be released later this year in 2021. This is King Kong versus Godzilla, the 1962 version, which came out August 11th of that year. It runs one hour and 31 minutes and is unrated. It was directed by, oh, here we go with the names again. Um, <laughs> Do I have to help you? <laughs> yes. Do I have to hold your hand here, Paul? Yes. <laughs> Mr. Honda. Uh, what's his Ishiro? first name? Ishiro, Ishiro yeah. Honda. Yes. And Tom Mon- Montgomery uh, co-directed this, I guess, because there's a Japanese no, version I... and an American U- United States version. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, jeez. The American uh, version. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it was written by... Um, the Japanese name is uh, Shinichi? Shinichi. Yes. Seka- Sekizawa. Sekizawa, yes, you got it. (laughs) And then Paul Mason helped with on the American side. And with the lead stars being um, Tato Takashima, Kenji Sahara, Sahara, and you... Kenji Sahara. Yeah, and and you, Fujiki. Very nice, Paul. Good job. I'm trying not to say a bad word Just one more. Just one more. (laughs) Okay, the music was 
<laughs> this is the Barry guy. <laughs> Music was composed by Akira Ifuku Barry or Ifukube. Ifukube. There we go. Wow. Okay. King Kong versus Godzilla was made for about $620,000. Okay. That means that the Japanese contributed about um uh 220,000 and then the Americans contribute about $200,000. Sorry. 420,000. You it got was it. made for about 620,000. The Japanese contribute about 420,000 and the Americans submitted about $200,000 on their end. So, so did you have to do all of this conversion from yen to dollars and factor for inflation and all that fun you, stuff? You know, this this is not counting for inflation. It was 150 million at the time, 150 million yen <laughs> at the time. And oh. um, not counting inflation and earned about $10 million at the box office worldwide. Ooh. So again, although there is Yeah, go for it. I was going to say, there's one very important number that needs to be mentioned here, and that is because usually with Japanese films, at least with Toho, they're spending, they don't necessarily bring up the actual amount of money that it earns. They count the number of tickets. This sold 11 yeah. million tickets in Japan alone. Ooh, Woo! That nice. is, and I think I read that this is still the highest uh, like uh, audience of any Godzilla movie in Japan? Something this like that? is the most attended, most attended Godzilla film in the entire franchise. Wow. There That's you go. A bit bonkers. All right. So this was released in 1962. Let's see if we can stump our resident kaiju <laughs> guru here. Indeed. Because precise records are hard to find before the late 1970s. So here's uh, today's box office trivia question how high do you think it ranks among the other movies released in 1962 in just the u.s alone oh huh oh, well. it's in the top hundred okay top hundred really it's in the top hundred okay. although your uh huh. your numbers are a little off this was released stateside in 1963 in right yeah yeah yes. it was 1962 for japan Okay, but it's still in. Um, it's it's okay. According to the websites I researched, it's still they're still counting <laughs> it for 1962. I don't know. And why. if it's on the it's internet, it must be real. I mean, really. Yeah. On, so this page, this I'm getting this particular number from UltimateMovieRankings.com. Uh, oh, interesting. See I'll have to check that, uh, that website out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so where does it rank? Where where does King Kong vs Godzilla rank? Of all in the top 100 of 1962 films in the U.S., not right. counting inflation. You know, not counting inflation. So, uh, yes, yes. So, yes. Uh, Nathan, are you ready to make a guess? Chat, ready? Yes. Yeah, and I'm just going to do it because you have to give this. This is the nerd answer that you must give for such things. 42. Yeah. Bob was. Sorry, I also Bob. saw that in the chat, so I'm stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nathan predicts 42. Uh, let's see. And I'm going, well, uh, redeemed to talk of 25. Uh, hey, Bex. Yeah, it's a little Bex. Um, or maybe Tim's there watching too. You never know. Uh, 27 from Cardinal. Um, for me, I'm going to, I really don't know. I, I'm i going to guess 40, 40, I guess. Um, you guys... They they wish it was seventy in the U.S. Ooh. So, oh, okay. Where's the womp train for that? Where's the womp train for that? Anyway, 
There, that works. <laughs> there you go. I have it. I brought nice. my portable. I brought my portable soundboard with me for just Fantastic. for this occasion. But you know, it, I mean, all things said, top seventy of a hundred movies. I, actually, I don't know how many movies were released back then. Over a hundred. Okay, then that's, I guess that's decent. <laughs> decent, I suppose. Uh, but thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any website. of them factor into our memory mind melt or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get into once Alice is located, our target film. Yes. Let's go, Alice. Alert. Alert. Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. Oh, the trailer. The mightiest monsters of all time, King Kong, Mammoth, Unconquerable versus Godzilla, released from an icy tomb to pulverize a panic-stricken world. King Kong, Godzilla, together on a rampage of destruction, fire-breathing, colossal Godzilla, impervious to man's most fiery weapons. Nothing you have ever seen, nothing you have ever felt could prepare you for this colossus of entertainment. Spectacular, unbelievable, the world's mightiest monsters in the battle of the century. Mighty King Kong, immune even to a billion volts of electricity. Godzilla, immune to man's most fiery weapons. Oh, that was amazing. I've never seen that. That's cool. <laughs> I love the hyperbole of old movie trailers. Oh, yeah. That commercial definitely brings back some memories about King Kong versus Godzilla, if we had any. But to give you some context for the <laughs> things we collectively remembered most before our rewatch of uh, this film, here is our memory mind melt synopsis. Godzilla emerges from an iceberg after being rudely awoken by this his submarine alarm clock. So uh, Japan kidnaps King Kong to stop Godzilla. But King Kong has a drinking problem and gets drunk on red berry juice while native girls dance and slink. Oh, dance and sing. Uh, it ends up with pro wrestling <laughs> pay-per-view on Mount Fuji as King Kong tries to stuff a tree down Godzilla's throat. King Kong grabs Godzilla by the tail and throws him off, throws him for the win. The King Kong, then King Kong swims away. Uh, it's, that seemed, I don't think it was on Mount Fuji. I think that's the only part that may have been incepted. Or no, decepted. it is Mount Fuji. Well, I can King, confirm. Japan didn't kidnap King Kong to stop Godzilla. They wanted it for their own. Oh yeah, pharmaceutical promotion. That's right. So wait, <laughs> totally, totally deceptive. Uh, based on those <laughs> memories, as very flawed. I mean, ridiculously flawed as they were. Uh, flawed being probably pretty on point. Uh, what reign did they lead you to predict for this film before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? And I'll say for myself, I did not, I had not watched this before. This is my first time watching it. And I think, did we all watch the Japanese version? Is that accurate? I did. Okay. I did. And then me I and Paul did both, as well. Actually. Oh, both. Okay. Interesting. So let's start with Nathan. What is your, what was your prediction for King Kong vs. Godzilla? You, would you expect anything less than classic from me? I'm the kaiju guy. So. I mean, maybe. Oh. You never know. Yeah. So classic. I, classic? I okay. <laughs> I, want, yeah. I want an affirmative. Like, is it actually? Okay. Classic yeah. from Nathan. <laughs> um, I actually, I was teetering between tragic and nostalgic. And I, I, I thought it would be tragic for me personally, but overall nostalgic for the 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 general audience so i was going for nostalgic 
All right, cool. Uh, and for me, I predicted tragic. I'd never seen it. The little bits I had seen of it didn't look interesting to me. So we're what? running, we're running the board, and and I've never. Well, here's the thing, Paul. I've never been huge in either King Kong or Godzilla. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure okay. this is I'm, why you had me on because I'm, yeah, you knew okay. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can bring the giant monster fandom to there this podcast. Go. I'm sure so we the, had to balance things out. Okay. The dad man is like, why can't I be? This might this be the most, this guy, con- at this watch. point, <laughs> Go ahead. at this point, this could be the most contested movie you guys have ever reviewed. <laughs> I don't we'll see. know. There was one just recently that was pretty contested. Was that Homeward Bound? I think. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> Two classics and two tragedies. I haven't listened well, to that episode yet, anyway. actually. What was that? I said I, I haven't listened to that episode yet, actually. No, no worries at all. Um much. What? What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, guys, it'll be interesting to see if those predictions come true. But first, let's get into our discussion of the things we liked most about King Kong vs. Godzilla. Let's spin up our best three best three things of this movie and let's start with nathan what's something you liked about king kong versus godzilla well the first thing that i'm going to bring up is something that is sadly mostly absent in the american cut of this movie and that is the satire a lot of people don't realize if they've grown up on the dubbed version which did get re-edited as well with new scenes put into it and all of that and that's a that's a whole to do but right. this is a satire of commercialism, which, as you oh. watch this, you can tell. Oh, I didn't. But, okay, good to know. Well, but, yeah, but that's why you have things like the the one character that we're introduced to plays drums. He's What's he yeah. doing at the beginning of the movie? He's playing drums. I think it's supposed to be a gum commercial. And yes, the that's reason, right. Yeah, and then you have things in here like... They're talking about, well, the pharmaceutical company is trying to get Kong as basically a mascot. That they, they bring him to Japan as a publicity stunt, and that goes as well as you would expect. <laughs> and then they start talking about things like, how can we increase our ratings on television? Because TV was a new thing at, uh, in 1962. And oh, I never thought about that. The, yeah. That is so yes. funny because the whole idea yeah. of bringing King Kong into this is it is like a commercial, um, a gimmick to sell more tickets. Yes. of this movie. Yes, in a oh, lot in a lot of ways. Yeah. And well, and there's even one of the things that I love that's cu- that they cut out of the American version is there's a meta joke in this because somebody says, "Oh, now we have Godzilla and Kong running around," and somebody somebody says they're going to make a movie about this. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they keep talking about the idea of Godzilla versus King Kong having great marquee value, and they they yeah. treat the two of them meeting each other and fighting each other like it's a wrestling match. So that's it's yeah. Like, so it's yeah. You're, I'm just waiting for Godzilla and Kong to cut a promo. <laughs> <You know? Wow. laughs> at Mount Fuji at WrestleMania, Kong. it's yeah. It is all over the place. And the thing that, especially the commercial we have at the in the beginning, you know what? It honestly, kind of reminds me of, and that's RoboCop. Yeah, because oh. RoboCop was full of satire like that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. I haven't seen it, but I've heard that. Oh, oh. You're, you're like RoboCop? Oh my gosh, guys! Geez, RoboCop's so great. Uh. 
You're mocking about not just being watch a, Robocop. a Godzilla fan, Paul. I'm just get, dishing it back out. That's all. Okay. Okay. Okay, good. You know what's interesting, though, uh, Nathan, that my first like sort of goes off yours a bit. I just really found the advertising exec for, what was it, pharmaceuticals? Uh, Pacific Pharmaceuticals. Pacific Pharmaceuticals. The guy with the mustache. I thought he just was Mr. Taco. So, Mr. Okay, Mr. Taco. Yeah, he was so I over the top. Was, I loved him, and just he was so like, I oh, we gotta get the, all he, the best. And yeah, it's just so good. He might be the he might be one of the best character in the whole movie, to be honest. Yeah, and Agreed. I actually had him on my uh, on my list of potential a uh, best three. So I'm glad that you brought oh, him nice. up so we can actually oh, nice. talk about him a little bit. Yeah, but what you, you know, know what's, what's interesting. I was about to say real quick, when I saw the American version, they pronounced his name Taco, so much like a Mexican taco that for some I reason know. I didn't make the connection when I watched the Japanese version. But the American version, they call him Taco. I'm like, is, is that his real name? <laughs> I think that is actually how it is to be pronounced. I, but, that is the only way I've ever heard the it way, pronounced. I guess maybe the way the Japanese say it, it, it sounds slightly different i don't know what it is but anyway it, mr it Taco, probably does but it, <laughs> it probably does but it's a little hard to hear but what's interesting is and i looked up the actor's name his name is achiro arishima and he was actually considered to be basically the japanese charlie chaplin at the time oh really oh, wow. that's pretty cool he did a lot yeah of which you can definitely see in his performance he has a yeah. very old hollywood like yes. 1920s 1930s style mm -hmm. of acting mm -hmm. he's very over the top big gestures he's like yeah. uh, i don't know if you guys have seen the original king kong but he's basically carl denham in this except mm, I he's it no. Okay, except he's a corporate executive and not a film director. Right. You reminded me of like a, a Warner Brothers Looney Tune cartoon almost. Yes, like, I could see that. Yeah. You know, which, pushing the 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 bomb to set off on the boat and and not. Well, no, that was an accident. That was an accident. <laughs> and I love uh -huh. how I, I love how they're like, "Don't touch it." He's like, he starts freaking out, and then he accidentally falls on it. Yeah, <laughs> and, you, and then it, it's, it is kind of like Looney Tunes at that point because you're just sitting there going, where's the kaboom? The <laughs> earth-shattering kaboom. And then, so nothing happens, and then they have to shoot the dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to make it explode, so which ends where, up doing nothing anyway. So that's where Jaws got their, that's where Steven Spielberg got its their inspiration. I see. Yeah. Godzilla. Uh, Paul, what was inspiring about this movie for you? Was it one of the characters or something else? And this is a little uh, thing of mine. I don't know why, but I, I, I do know why, where they make giant monsters move really slow. And I guess Stop that's motion? to make them... No, just like, oh, I'm going to show its size by having it move slow. Oh, yes. Yes, so that was... So one of the was, things that uh... I loved seeing in this is, like, coming from the, the, uh, the original Gojira film that we reviewed... Having a full-size Godzilla with his tail whapping around quickly, I thought was amazing. All right, let's get into this. Let's let's have some real fun with some kaiju's here. So that was fine. That was fun to see a lot of. Well, I wouldn't say live action, but uh, there's more action to it. These kaiju's. It's livelier. Yeah, it's livelier. Yes, that's which it. is uh, this movie was also a bit of a turning point for the franchise. Interestingly, this was the third film for both Godzilla and Kong. It was the yeah. first time both of them were seen in widescreen and the 
this uh, the first time both of them were seen in color, which is really int- uh, which is kind of crazy when you stop and think about it. But they yeah. were transitioning toward a slightly different style where they were making the monsters livelier and yeah. uh, you know, with how they move. I mean, when you watch the battle at the end, which will you know yeah. I'll bring up a little bit later, it's very kinetic. It's very energetic. It's a big difference from what you know what you guys saw in Godzilla 54 but this was right. 8 years later so they had been progressing making some other films like you know Rodan the Mysterians Mothra and they were moving toward this as closer as their standard style for definitely for the 60s and even for a little while into the 70s yeah. Well that's good to know I had no idea that that was there, though, I will say, Nathan, you totally uh, stepped on our trivial question for later. So thanks a awesome. lot. Awesome. <laughs> oh, darn it. You, you, you should get totally, a prize. You Godzilla stomped on it. So that's fine. It's yeah. apropos. I appreciate that. But let's go back to you, Nathan, for something. Yeah. Yes, Jimmy. I know you're disappointed. <laughs> What's something else you enjoyed about this film, Nathan? Well, uh, I'm going to go with another thing that is unfortunately largely absent from the Americanized version, and that is the score. Mm. The score by Ofukube. Ofukube. Yes. <laughs> Ofukube. Yes. Yeah. Because unfortunately, it, when Universal brought the movie over in 1963 to the United States, they cut most of Ofukube's music out of it. I think they only That's left two tracks in, which part. was the. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they they cut out all of his music except for the opening credits, the opening theme, and the uh, the Islanders, uh, yeah, you know, song to Kong. That's yeah. all they left in. But and then they replaced it with just a bunch of stock music from well, their previous movies. Yeah, most notably, interestingly enough. Music from Creature from the Black Lagoon, which when I, oh, nice. I when I watched, oh, okay. yeah, which when I watched Creature from the Black Lagoon, the whole time I was waiting for music I knew from this movie. That's funny. Is <laughs> Kong gonna and, show up? And that's the movie that inspired God's the original Godzilla, right? Or no, 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 Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. That's right. Not, they're both in the sea, under the sea, down where it's wetter, down where it's better. Something, something take it something. from you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that goes right. I'm into not my a big second. fan of the Little Mermaid, so don't get me started. <laughs> no, that's oh. fine. We're, we're anyway, I had written then. down the the opening theme. I was not expecting that intense music right away, and that theme I thought was was great. It reminded me like I felt like I was in the Temple of Doom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with the chanting going on. Yeah, I thought the, the music it's... that it did keep was great. Yeah, it uh, that theme, uh, especially when you get to the island when the they start when the islanders start singing it is, it's uh, considered iconic in its own way. A lot of fans are actually hoping that it shows up in oh. Godzilla versus Kong, not that King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, so we're talking about monkey lizard punchy punchy, not lizard monkey punchy punchy. Right. Okay. <laughs> Wow, where does that come from? Is that is that a meme or something? I've never heard this lizard monkey I, punchy punchy. Uh, yeah, I I may have heard it someplace, but I just started saying it in as a oh, funny okay. descriptor of the movie, okay. just because yeah. I think it's funny. Yes. I'm yeah. going to meme it because Go I'm going to do an episode of my show on the on the new movie, and Sweet. I am going to meme that. Awesome! <laughs> there awesome, you go. Awesome. 
so yeah, I agree with you guys. The music was was great. I, I'm surprised to hear that they took it out of the uh, United States version because fits so well. But yeah. some something way way uh, something that has nothing to do with the music really that I liked was that I and maybe you can help me understand this because it's a like I don't really understand. I like that <laughs> King Kong is a lightning type Pokemon. I mean kaiju. Um, but, but, but why is he lightning? Why is he absorb lightning or can shoot lightning? What's the because, story behind that? Because in his <laughs> island, there is nothing for him to do except be struck by lightning and drink the berry juice. <laughs> yeah, okay. don't you know this? Oh, yeah. Do you want to know the real world reason this? why? Yes, I do. Because they had to come up with something, which I thought was brilliant. I'm like, how is well, this uh, monkey going to, sorry, this ape, because he doesn't have a tail. How is he <laughs> yes, gonna, Veggie uh, Tales told us this. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's where I remember that from. But I was wondering, how how is that even like a thing? Like, of course, Godzilla's going to roast him. How is How could they even fight? So I like yeah. that they gave him this electric uh, edge. Th- that's... Him. That's totally. basically what they did because, as I said b- right before we went on the air, this is not the Kong from the 1933 film. This is a Toho reimagined version. He's much larger. The, he's almost as tall as Godzilla, whereas the original Kong was maybe 25 feet. He was so he wouldn't be. He would come up to Godzilla's ankle, basically, maybe his oh, knee wow. on yeah, a good yeah. day. But yeah, so uh, so he's larger, and they gave him that to help equalize things because Godzilla is basically a walking flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's also, and I won't get into, it's a long, involved, sort of convoluted and kind of tragic story about how uh, you know how this movie got made. But this was based to, uh, you know, the TLDR of it is that this was originally supposed to be uh, King Kong versus Frankenstein. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, so I think the electricity thing is a holdover because when oh, that script was getting chopped around sense. and it eventually yeah. got to Toho, Toho said, hey, let's drop Frankenstein and put in Godzilla. Yeah, And we'll make it our 30th anniversary movie. So like, they probably just said, well, you know, yeah, Frankenstein right. likes electricity. You know, give it to the ape. So, <laughs> And I was going to bring that up, but thank you for bringing that up because I was going to have people to check out your, your Monster Island Film Vault podcast where you actually talk about the the beginnings oh, awesome. of that. Yes, yes. Uh, I believe oh, I could be getting my uh, my own episode numbers wrong. I think it's around episode five. I had yeah, John one LeMay. Of the ones. <laughs> yeah, I had John LeMay on for that episode, and we talked about a pair of unmade uh, Godzilla, well, un, not just Godzilla, but unmade King Kong films that are related to this one. One being, God, you know, King Kong versus Frankenstein. The other one, because you would expect this, because this movie was a giant hit. Yeah. Uh, they did uh, try to, they did try to have a rematch back in the '60s. It really? got as far as a story treatment, but it never got made. Unfortunately, it was called Continuation: no, no. King Kong versus it's being Godzilla. It's made right now. Do you know? In well, this is actually <laughs> well, yeah. Godzilla versus Kong, not King Kong. Again, they changed the ape. Oh, really? Due to legal reasons. <laughs> See, here's here's the thing, guys. Both with this version and the last version, and this isn't in my dislikes or anything. So I'm gonna just place it here since it's apropos to what we're talking about. 
I almost feel like it would have been more interesting of a fight and a more of like a David versus Goliath type situation. If you had King Kong be his like 25 feet and I don't know, you have a, a little what? person actor in an ape suit or something. And he's like having <laughs> and, to crawl up Godzilla and like hit him and just and do Godzilla all this. Steps What's on he going to do? What's he going to do? Hope that he can gouge out his eyes yes. or something? He, well, he's smart and stuff. So he can no, give David a was a lot taller compared to Goliath than that match. I, I now have the I now have this funny image in my head of Kong with a sling and being like Yes, and then trying to embed a, a rock or something. I mean he throw I mean come on dude. He does, he does Kong rock. throws rocks exactly. at Godzilla. Doesn't yeah. that count? Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure I mean and it could give him the lightning power still or something. I don't know. I just think that would have been a cool visual to have a small uh, got a small King Kong versus this large Godzilla, and he still is able to vanquish him. I think that I think that would have been cool. Just just saying, just saying. Anyway, kind of like ants, not ants. Bugs Life, where there's like a lot. No, wait, that's more than one. I don't yeah. understand how that would work. I don't. Maybe know if he's so small, he's a virus or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, Merlin. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how that would work. Anyway, guys. <laughs> Uh, so those are the things we like. Let's get to our classic makers, though. The things we loved most about King Kong vs. Godzilla. And let's start with Paul this time. I liked... Uh, how long is this movie? It was uh, an, an hour, hour 20, uh, hour 30, It's hour not even 100 minutes. I think, it, it's, I think you said 91. I think yeah, it's more like 98. Minutes. Yeah. So basically the last 10 minutes, maybe the last five minutes when they're actually fighting King Kong and Godzilla, that was my by far the my favorite part when oh, okay, they're cool. actually wrestling and flipping each other around. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is what I came to see. So that was my classic Great. maker, my favorite uh-huh. part. Very cool. Yeah. I wasn't nine off at all during that part. Uh, Nathan, what was your, <laughs> <laughs> what was your, uh, I was going to say Fire Rain, but no, what was your classic maker for God, <laughs> and, King Kong? Paul beat me to it. Oh, really? yeah. Paul beat me to it. It's the final battle, man. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what we came to see, and it delivers. Yeah. Uh, this was, it, this, like I said, is a much livelier fight. The fight choreography in this is absolutely just bonkers yeah. when you stop and think <laughs> about it. I mean, if you see the first sequel to Godzilla, to the original Godzilla, it's called Godzilla Raids Again. That this is nothing by comparison. They tried to make it they, that first battle you know, in that movie. They tried to make it look more like a pair of animals mm. trying to kill each other. And this one, they're like, you know, we're not. We're, no, this is a pro wrestling match, and yeah. we're treating it like a pro wrestling match. So you've got yeah. you've got Kong judo flip like shoulder throwing <laughs> yeah. and judo flipping Godzilla. It is ridiculous. And you want to know how hardcore those suit actors were? Haruo Nakajima, who was in that Godzilla suit when Kong flips him. Yeah. Normally, I think later on they started when they would do crazy flips like that, they would use empty suits. Nakajima, for whatever reason, was still in that suit when they did that. Oh, it is wow. absolutely insane. That yeah. is how hardcore they were. That's do crazy. not I, anytime somebody tries to mock suitmation, I get angry because like you oh, do yeah. not realize how difficult it is to do this and how much of an art form it is. It is you know, I dare you to you know to put on a hundred pounds of you know of padding and rubber and see how long you can walk around on a miniature set. Go ahead. No. Try it. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. well, I'll try it. And I will dominate. Um 
but yeah, that is impressive that their their the willingness and the artistry and the uh, persistence, determination, all those awesome words that definitely apply yeah. to those suit actors but, for sure. Well, and the thing that makes it even better is that we get multiple kinds of special effects. Here we get the miniatures, we get the suits, we even get mm-hmm. it, it only happens for one shot for a couple of seconds when we get stop motion. Which was really cool. And the, here's the nutty thing, and I'm going to make sure I bring this up because I really want to dispel this. There is an urban legend that has circulated for nearly 60 years with this movie, and there oh, yes. are still people who believe it. There no, is only true. one ending. There yeah. is only one ending. There are not, People thought that the Japanese version and the American version had two different endings, where in the American version, it's Kong who wins, and in the Japanese version, it's Godzilla. It's not. It's the same ending in both of them. The thing that's confusing is that despite the fact that the ending is the same, nobody can agree on who actually wins. Not even Toho. Toho keeps changing their mind. Yeah. For years they said, so it's obvious. That's what I mean. I mean, except some people say, except some people say that's Kong retreating. No, so, he's going back home because Godzilla never surfaces. There's the fight's over. Yeah, he's down. But Godzilla can but Godzilla can hide in water because he's amphibious. So I mean people just go nuts with it. Toho, I think, for years said King Kong won. Now they're trying to say it's a tie. I'm like, I okay, I, I I've given up. All right. Yeah. It's, I, I'm sorry as much as I love Godzilla. I gotta give the W to it's a Kong in this yeah, one. Yeah, it's pretty obvious to me, too. I mean, I already mentioned I'm on Team Godzilla, but it's obvious to me that King Kong won this one. Oh, you know, and you can't oh. forget the, you know, the the tree. I mean, <laughs> I hope that gets referenced in the new movie. I so, really do. So speaking you of new movie tree, did what you attempt with the tree? Hey, hey, yeah, Kong <laughs> uproots a tree and tries to stuff it down his throat. It's great. And, oh, but yeah, I think I saw that, but I was like, that's weird. Obviously, you're not going to get that past the, uh, past the rubber part. Like, it looked like it wasn't going down very deep in, well, to Godzilla's d- mouth. If he had a, a more time, he would have shoved it down there. You well, know? he should have like, Maybe make, if he make was, a popsicle stick you know what? Out maybe him. if he was a small, go- a small King Kong and took just like a, God, like a, a small, good a popsicle like, lizard. Got one of the bones from the Rancor pit, much like Luke Skywalker, and just put it in, like <laughs> prop his jaw open, and then and then lightning bolt like again force powers lightning bolt right into his mouth, <laughs> down into his gullet with exploded Godzilla, and you still get the same ending. Hold it, hold it. <laughs> Are you promoting King Kong to Emperor Kong? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, here? I guess. Yeah, Sith Emperor because <laughs> yeah. of the lightning. Oh, yes. Yeah, exactly. You, uh, Jimmy approves of this. Uh, I would think so, so given his <laughs> his sound affinity there. Um, but regardless, guys, that has nothing to do with my classic maker. My classic maker is actually the first fight. I think you both were alluding to with the octopus kaiju, and I just thought it was so amazing. Daku. I was like, whoa, how are they doing this? Like, I really... Daco, excuse me. I eventually realized, oh, this must be a real octopus or something because it's just it, too... Move, the movements are too fluid and everything. And it yes. sounded the yeah. way it was... I was had headphones on. It sounded like that. Oh, yes. it was yeah. gross. Yes. It, they, that that was so is... Well uh, that was a real octopus. Now, uh, when they got... To, I think they used a, a, a prop when the, the Kong suit actor was actually interacting with it obviously but you want to know a funny story (laughs) sure (laughs) oh my gosh they used three 
octopuses, octopi, whichever plural you prefer, when they were filming this movie. Story has it that A.G. Subaraya, who was the special effects director, when they were finished filming for the day with one of them, <laughs> had Calamari. one of those octopuses uh, cooked and he ate it for dinner. <laughs> nice. Well, you don't want to go to Calamari. So wow. they can't put the little disclaimer at the end of the movie that says no animals were harmed <laughs> in the filming of this motion picture because it was definitely harmed. Did but how many people can say that they literally ate one of their special effects? Wow. Not many, though. Would, did they even have that issue back then? I don't think they did back in the 60s. Probably not. Oh, oh yeah. No, no they didn't. Uh, well, I don't think they did, but they could never get away with that now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Or the blackface. But anyway, let's hope they oh, don't. Oh, of the <laughs> Islanders? Yeah. I'm yeah, like, let's hope cancel very, culture doesn't these, get a hold of this. These Islanders look very Japanese, but okay, whatever. I'll go, <laughs> I'll go with it. Um, yeah. I... I yeah, so I just really appreciated that they used a practical effect like that. Even though the, I mean, the blue screen wasn't great. It could tell when it was like villagers filmed on something else versus the versus that versus Godzilla or versus King Kong or or when the octopus had like this like a toy figure in its tentacles and stuff. But all that aside, for the time, I was impressed with it. So and so that was my classic maker for King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, and uh, now we can oh. Darn it. Every single time. I, you'd think I'd put in my notes or something to, hey, don't forget, there's one more thing you like, and that would be Helix Reviews. Uh, David Arrington is the host of the Helix Reviews podcast. In every episode, he breaks down what he does and doesn't like about the movies, video games, or comics he's reviewing, and also discusses themes, messages, and ideas they portray. You can find Helix Reviews on your favorite podcast catcher or at helixreviews.blogspot.com. I like the music in the background. Oh, okay. That's nice. But what does that have to do with King Kong <laughs> versus Godzilla? Well, he's covered the the 2014 Godzilla or Godzilla on his uh, podcast. So oh, there you okay, go. Okay, that's half of it. And, and I, I guess think... I have to helix the rest of it together. <laughs> did he uh, Did he do Kong Skull Island there? Not, <laughs> like... not that I know of. I couldn't didn't come up in the search, so I don't think so. Uh, All right. It's okay. We can work with weak connections around Thank here. You. Thank you, guys. It's at least something better than nothing, like last week. Yeah. Paul, so. uh, but I assume you still <laughs> want some trivia about King Kong versus Godzilla. That yes. was a funny joke. <laughs> okay, well, last week, there we didn't even have a podcast. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. But now I will say... Uh, our awesome guest, Nathan, already sort of mentioned this. So this is sort of a repeat. So I guess you all do realize this at this point, but I'm going to say it anyway. Did you all realize that this film marks a number of firsts for King Kong and Godzilla films? This film <laughs> blown away. <laughs> this film was the first time either King Kong and Godzilla were filmed in color uh, and the first time either of them filmed in widescreen. And this film was also the third film for both King Kong and Godzilla, although this film isn't considered a sequel to the original King Kong or Son of Kong, because like you were saying, Nathan, this is sort of out of uh, canon for King Kong films. It's not the same one as a reimagining. But my question to you is, both of you, what is the first kaiju movie you remember seeing? Okay, I got a technical question. Is okay. the blob considered a kaiju? I I, mean, I would say kaiju's yes. Just giant monster. So then the I blob. Guess. Yeah. 
Okay. The, the like black which? And white well, blob. oh, black and white blob. I don't. I, maybe I brought this up the last time I was here, but the word kaiju in Japanese uh, translates as strange beast, oh, and it's dai kaiju that is supposed to be large strange beast. But people just say kaiju to, as a catch-all, basically. And so that blob I would was say, a beast. Yes. <laughs> I would argue the blob counts. And we do have right. a bit of the blob in a bucket here on the island. So, yeah. You. There you go. How about for you, Nathan? Uh, you know, that's a little bit difficult because I'm, I, I've racked my brain to try to figure out if I saw any you know, kaiju movies technically before. Before I saw my first Godzilla movie, but since I'm not 100% sure, I just tell people my first Godzilla film is the first uh, kaiju film for me, which was Terror of Mechagodzilla, which oh. I caught, I think, the second half of it on cable because I grew up without cable, but Grandma had cable, and I happened to there be there, guys. and I believe it was WGN which is based out mm-hmm. of Chicago, and they were doing yeah. a thing called Oh My Godzilla Weekend. So, yes, that joke <laughs> existed before King of the Monsters 2019. And uh, like I said, I caught the second half of it, and it sparked a curiosity in me, and I immediately started trying to find as many of those movies as I could. Very, nice. very cool. That's awesome. How about you, Francisco? Do you remember? Uh, well, so there's... A dinosaur, I guess dinosaur movies aren't don't really count as kaiju then because they're depends on the movie. Not Jurassic Park. Well, no, there's this film where there's this these people find a, like a baby brontosaurus and they're trying oh, to keep them from. Yeah, it's called Baby. Is that an actual movie? Okay, so the it's, I yeah, it's okay. it's like it has a it has a a long subtitle, but it's like Baby Legend of the something i can't remember i've i may have seen it as a child but i don't remember a whole lot of it okay so if you count that then that but i would actually say um probably more like empire strikes back with a big thing that's coming out of asteroid to eat the millennium falcon yeah that thing has a name but i can't remember it offhand Probably something silly. That and, yeah, I mean, well, the, the Raincore may as probably mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Raincore may as may as well count too. If that's the exactly. case, then it is. Re- you know, it would be the Star Wars movies for me. <laughs> I was seeing go. those before I got into uh, Godzilla. Yeah. Well, you're welcome, yeah. guys. You're welcome for me helping you drill down. But Francisco, nothing stops the blob. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, correction, and be glad I'm doing it and not Jimmy. It's nothing moves the blob. Oh, oh man. I, don't worry. I, I, I got it wrong for years, too, and then I played the, the game again. It, it, really? I, does he say that in the video game, though? Nothing stops the yeah, blob? Yeah, that's what I mean. That's where oh, that's oh. where I heard it. Oh, he says, okay. nothing yeah. moves the blob. I thought gotcha. it was stops. Maybe the arcade version. I thought so. I thought so for years, but it's not. Mm. It's moves. Anyway, uh, regardless, guys, uh, that's that's my trivia for you all. (laughs) Great trivia, Francisco. And I have our answer to our last audience question, uh, uh, which again was, uh, let us know if you have a favorite Jim Carrey role. Uh, and we got uh, one response for that question, Paul, who was who your favorite Jim Carrey role. Uh, this comes from uh, Cardinal Paladin. He says, I would have to say characters he plays in The Mask. Uh, don't oh, say yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't say this part. 
if you read this on air. Okay, I won't say the next part, <laughs> Cardinal, no worries. But uh, thank you so much for sending in your response uh, of the mask. Yeah, I, I remember the mask. I, I want us to cover that. I feel like that'd be a fun one, though I don't know if it'd it be as good as Liar Liar. I feel like that's almost the, the top. And we've covered Ace Ventura already. But, uh, Cardinal, I forget if you're already a 4D fan or not. Um, but if not, you will get a month free of 4D fandom, or if you want to pass it on to someone else, that'd be fine. Uh, and thank you so much for sending that in. Now, here is this episode's listener question. Are you ready? Can you guess what it is? Uh, it is kaiju also, related. what is the first kaiju movie you remember seeing? Well, Send I your answers to trivia at retroruinpodcast.com, or Francisco is supposed to say this line, so he can take it away. Or, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> But thank you, Paul. Or you can actually, I'm going to start, I've started to divide up the show into sort of segments to post on YouTube. So you can also, if you comment on this segment, the trivia segment in the, our YouTube when you're watching this uh, for the crazy trivia about King Kong vs. Godzilla, then we will also uh, look at those. So if you want to get a 40 fan club membership to the Retro Room Podcast, which gives you a lot of uh, on-screen abilities, you can type commands in chat and make silly things happen on screen, uh, then you can get that for a month. You give your listeners that much power? Hot mm -hmm. dang. Oh, yeah, we do. Except for podcasts. That's the only time they I don't get it. I was about to but. say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except uh, for right now. Exactly. But now that you have all had some trivial fun, let's find out what memories you, are our, our awesome rewinders, had about King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, first up, Drew Dodgen says, monkey fight lizard, monkey win. Also, I like that Godzilla comes from the iceberg he was frozen in. Godzilla raids again. Mm-hmm. Kevin Joshua Burnham says, maybe I'll tell you another time. And another time has come because the Dapper Man says, Kevin Joshua Burnham is crazy. Pay him no mind. He is just jealous his profile picture doesn't have Godzilla with a bow tie. Watch the Japanese version. <laughs> it makes more sense. And you don't hear annoying foot corn jokes. Ew. Wardell <laughs> yeah, that is, that is in the U.S. version. And Wardell White finishes off with, with saying, they sure did tow up the t tear up the town, didn't they? Couldn't take, couldn't take it to a nice clear meadow or something. Nah, they had to tear up the town. At least the big gorilla wasn't waving blondes in the air like he just didn't care. That's all I remember about the flick. Except I remember um, watching it as an afternoon movie for an old Dallas station, KTVT11. What's up? Now a, a CBS affiliation. I watched it with a couple of my brothers. Truly, all I can remember. Yeah, she wasn't a blonde. And and you know I was going to say, isn't... he's half right. It wasn't a blonde, but he did you know, grab I, Mie Hama. I'm just saying. referring, I think, to past King Kong films. Like, he was saying it wasn't like those ones where he was grabbing a blonde. Regardless, maybe, you know what, maybe there's not much reason to watch this film. In fact, let's talk about the things we didn't like about King Kong versus Godzilla. Let's get to our... Worst three. Worst three things. Okay. I will go ahead and start us off by what is the what is the deal with the dubbing? I mean, why, 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 why the dubbing on the U.S. submarine uh, Shadow Sniper Stingray? I forget what it's called. Um, uh, Seahawk. That, that's what I said. Uh, why? Why did they dub in? English okay, over the English speaking, it was so. Oh, weird. okay, Francisco. Yes. I'm going to Nathan? blow your mind. Okay. 
that wasn't dubbed. Yes, it was. Look at the no. lips. They do not match. No, it no, was it, no, that wasn't dubbed in. Was, in the US version, they dub over them because the American acting yes. is terrible. Yes, that's true. I was about to say that. Yes. Wait. In, in, <laughs> hold on. Yes. Hold now. They're not dubbed, but they are dubbed. Now I'm very confused. No, no, no. Okay, in okay. In the, version, ja- in the Japanese dubbed. version, Japanese it's version, not. Yes. Those are the actors' actual voices. I, they may have pro- they may have done some ADR. That might have been the issue. Oh, but those yeah, are the yeah. actual actors' voices oh, in yes. the U.S. version. Uh-huh. They yes. not only dubbed over the Japanese actors with English, but they thought the American actors' performances were so bad oh, they that were. they just re-recorded their lines. <laughs> with new actors and it wow. sounded better <laughs> so here's what you need to do we need we Not need much. a super cut you need a super cut of the, the just the american portion uh, of the the uss stingray annopolis to have in the <laughs> Japanese version of King Kong vs. Godzilla. Like I said, it's not much better, and you wouldn't be asking, why did they dub over the English? Because it's even worse without it. It's just <laughs> yes. so, it's so, I don't get it. It's, I, I guess, okay, one of the, I love how one of the, the, you know, the midshipman or whatever, the guy who's got the headphones on and is listening to things, he has this weird kind of pseudo Southern drawl. It's really strange. Yes. I thought it was great. <laughs> in the Japanese, he does not sound like that in the, in the U S version. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Anyway. Also, that submarine looked like there's way too much room in the command, the <laughs> command center. It just seemed like, like what is this, this a studio summer? set? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, you're you're just like, yeah. Francisco's all like, that submarine is too spacious. One star. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on, we what gotta be this, realistic a in this. For kaiju's <laughs> giant monster. I can accept a, a, a 150 foot tall fire breathing lizard dinosaur thing, but that submarine is too spacious. What's <laughs> Hey, hey, there's real. Okay. The, the giant lizard and giant uh, ape are made up. There are real submarines. So make them look real. Come on. Anyway. That's Have you been on a submarine? <laughs> I've seen pictures. Uh, Paul, let's go to you next. What's something you don't like about this film? Um, I, I, this is not much of a like, but it's it kind of throws me back. Uh, the the miniatures are obviously miniatures. Now, now I, I will say this with love, though. It it looks like exactly if I were to film miniatures and make my own <laughs> film using miniatures, this is what it would look like. Like with when they show like oh. And you go to Universal Studios. Oh, that's the tank where we filmed the water scene. And that big blue sky is the background. I'm like, how do you make that real? Because if I were to do that, it would look like this movie where you can tell it's a fake they're backdrop. They're in a, a tanks of water somewhere. Yes, exactly. I don't understand. I don't understand how movies have progressed so far since this was made with their miniatures. <laughs> but, well, well, let me. Uh, and I, I think, think I brought. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I think I brought this up when I was here for Godzilla 54, but it's less, well, it's partly advancements in special effects technology, but it's also an illustration of the differences in mindsets for 
Western and Japanese filmmakers. Mm-hmm. For Westerners, you know, uh, like us, the, we're used to gauging special effects by how real they look. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Japanese filmmakers, to even to this day, aren't striving for realism. They're striving for having striking images. They want it to look good. They don't oh, care yeah. what they have to do. Oh, they don't care if it looks real, so to speak. They just want it to look striking. And if ah. it's within their budget. Yeah, also, yeah, they uh, sure. that, the Japanese yeah, the, film uh, now, industry the way, is these, much smaller than Hollywood, so they don't get to play with models as much are, money. Are, are way better than models I could create. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> so. totally. Wait, 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 Paul. Well, that's point because Eiji Tsuburaya was a craftsman. Point so. of order, Paul. You said this would look like uh, something you would make, but if you can't make models that good, this no, would look better than what you could film, make. No, if I were to film, I meant uh, making, like, if I were to film, uh, like, if you made these and I were Got to it. film it. Okay, I wouldn't be able to make these. Okay, factors, it's a good thing you clarified because I saw Jimmy reaching for a button to interrupt because uh-huh. he has to interrupt the master interrupter. Yeah, I mean, go for you it. Gotta, gotta do that. Anyway, let's go back. Go to you now, Nathan. What's something? I mean, you love a lot of these Godzilla movies, but was there something you didn't yeah. like about this film? Well, we've already covered one of them actually, so I'm just going to move on to one of my other because I had three candidates. I'm going to move on to one of my uh, my other ones since we already talked about the terrible American acting, and that is, and I will admit this could be potentially controversial because it has been used as fuel for controversy, and Uh that is Fukuberry, the tanned, uh, no, the (laughs) the tanned Asian actors. Oh, the you play the Islanders, yeah, yeah. because yeah. it's supposed to Horrible. be a Polynesian actor. It's supposed to, excuse me, it's supposed to be a Polynesian island. Oh, there aren't. There's a. You know, I'm going to say there's uh, there's few, if none, <laughs> Polynesian yeah. actors, especially in early 1960s Japan. So Toho's solution was to basically give their actors spray tans. Yep. And there are some people who look at that now and think it's racist. I have even heard a few people go so far as to basically call it blackface. And I'm not, it's, yeah, I don't care either. It's not one of my worst three because I think it's racist. It's one of my worst three because I'm sick of the controversy. Oh, (laughs) Because for me, it's a non-issue. Yeah. 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 Same here. Yeah, I, I, it doesn't bother me, especially since I figured, you know, that during that time and a foreign movie that's not a big of utmost paramount or concern, and it probably wouldn't be budgetarily feasible to do anyway. I mean, today you could just CG, CG them and you won't have to worry about it. Well, um, it, that would still probably be considered problematic. Really, they did it for practical reasons. It wasn't because they were trying to be racist. They're just like, well, we need these people to look Polynesian. We don't have any Polynesian actors. What do we do? So, Uh, Okay, guys, let's go through. Let's do another thing. A couple other things. Well, three other things we dislike. One, a piece, so to speak. Um, And I'll go ahead and start for me. And this is another thing that's like, what? So what is the deal with the ending? I don't know if it's the mayor or if he's someone. He seems like someone in government. He's a scientist. The scientist. scientist. He says... We must learn how to treat plants and animals. Well, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? What's that have to do with it? Godzilla and King Kong? Because they're saying, what do you think? Who do you think? Uh, do you think Godzilla survived or something? And I was like, 
And then it says I don't that. Know. Ask the captain. He'll okay. up this episode with it. <laughs> okay. It's a little goofy, but I'm going to tell you right now, having seen every Godzilla movie, there are I have seen much sillier moralizing at the end of one. Yeah, yeah I, I was about I to say that's a pretty about legit other moral because it depends it's all a lot of the godzilla films have the same theme about protecting the earth and it's when we don't and we upset nature's balance that we get problems like this so yeah and things like just the to, plants and the animals are part of that and when just it, to illustrate my point the the so-called moral of godzilla versus space godzilla is no joke don't pollute space there you go. <laughs> well, that's important. But I wish there was something along the way, something to see that this was the moral. It didn't make a lot of sense. There wasn't like, it wasn't like if if God if King Kong used plants or something to do with Godzilla, or Godzilla was destroying that was other the plants or animals. So it just I I or or if or if the reason Godzilla came back was because they were I don't know they're destroying deforesting something I don't know then it would have made a little bit more sense but I that would have made a little it. more sense but I, they're on I, a I time would crunch okay whatever <laughs> I would love to know what what subtitles you were seeing because I watched this on the Criterion disc on my way here and I don't uh, remember the subtitles being exactly like that. Okay, I will bring it right up. Hold, give me one second. I don't oh, care if you want to end the mode me, but we're gonna we're gonna watch this together so that you can see what I what I <laughs> perceived. Okay, so this is the part I'm talking about. It's in Japanese, but I will uh, pause and read what they're saying in the in the subtitles that I am. I'm you uh, you did archive dot uh, org for this, didn't you? I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Uh, oh, okay, that's what I figured. So is Godzilla dead? Well, <laughs> do you think it survived? It's possible. Well, I guess that we, as humans, must change how we treat plants and animals. It's time to learn from them. That's all I have to say. What the junk does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've seen those subtitles before. The Criterion disc is different. Oh, okay. Nice. So what's what's uh, the Criterion? Say? I honestly don't remember, but there wasn't anything about treating plants and animals better, so I'm not okay. sure. I, I don't right. remember. I just remember it wasn't quite like that. Okay. Now yeah. I'm curious if my version is the same. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. Interesting. Okay. Well, if you <laughs> if the intro made no sense to you, that's why, because that's the version I saw, <laughs> and it flummoxed me so much. I'm like, let's make this an intro. Oh, that sounds good. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm just happy that you use the word flummox. <laughs> I try. I try. All right. So now that we're done with my zaniness of like weird subtitles, uh, let's go to Paul next. What's something you didn't like about something else you didn't like about King Kong vs. Godzilla? Okay. And this is kind of a, a little annoying while watching. Sometimes Godzilla looks really cool, and then sometimes he looks like he's gained a little weight. Like he's as a, like a, a chubster. <laughs> he has the thing is, he, I understand you have different suits depending on what's going on, but can we make them a little more consistent? Like you don't have like, oh, this is Godzilla when he's on a diet, and this one is when he's not. And then the same thing goes with the the um. 
King Kong, like, I understand the claymation in it, like, oh, you want to show expressive eyes. By the the time you put into creating the eyes, like, expressive and, and claymating it and then doing it frame by frame, the time and money spent that, just make the suit that the guy's wearing, to, like, be able to close eyes and everything. Like, let's exactly. be They did! <laughs> well, well, then why am I watching claymation <laughs> and not a monster suit? <laughs> it was actually, it was probably a puppet. For the head when they did the close-ups. Oh, well, let's yeah, do you know, it all it the same like one. Yes, I agree. That's fine, but let's let's use it all in the same thing. Like, let's make it consistent. <sighs> would you At stop? Consistent. Would you stop tiptoeing around my tragic maker, please, Paul? Sure. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll stop. Nathan, what's something you don't like about this film? Uh, well, it's actually something that I don't know, considering that you got where you guys watched it. It may not be an issue for you, depending on their source. But the one that I had was there is inconsistent film quality. Uh, I'm talking about oh, the film yeah. stock because yeah, there are yeah, times totally where it will look nicer than other. Yeah, the, there are sometimes it will look nicer than other ones. Unfortunately, King Kong versus Godzilla, despite being the massive hit that it was, was notorious for many years for its poor preservation. Oh. Yeah, there there was a point in the the seventies, early seventies, where Toho was taking a lot of their older films from the sixties and then editing them down for what was called the Champion Film Festival, which hmm. was for children. So they cut the movies down a little bit more, and they Honda did this for King Kong versus Godzilla. I think he chopped it down to about like seventy four minutes somewhere oh, around wow. there. Yeah. The problem was that, you know, and that was from the original uh, 35 millimeter. So that that was preserved pretty well, but the parts that he had taken out were not preserved. And then they had to Ugh. later on be spliced back in with 16 millimeter films, which is Ooh. why you know, when you're looking at it, it, it won't, you know, there are points where you can see when the, when the edits happen, when they're splicing it back in because the film quality drops down. Here's the annoy, and that was since that was the only version that was available that was released on home video on uh, home media in Japan, specifically on Laserdisc. Here's the annoying thing: the movie got completely remastered in 2016, but Toho has not released that outside of Japan. And what oh. is on the Criterion, the big Criterion collection, which is one of the several big reasons why the set got middling reviews from a lot of people in the kaiju fandom, is they gave them the Laserdisc version and kept the best-looking one to themselves. So well, I'm sure I'm sure that's the one Paul has, though, the import. Like like Bex redeemed no. Otaku here in, in chats, and Paul got the Steelbook Director's Cut Extended Release Special Edition signed, sealed, and delivered by Honda himself. Must have been. And it's signed by Taco. <laughs> wow. Uh, Is it actually? Uh, that's impressive. Oh, oh. I mean, did you have to perform some necromancy to do that? Because, yeah. Um, it, no, so it was I, like it was, zombie Honda? It, that's impressive. No, no, it was $8.99 on eBay. <laughs> no, I don't remember. Oh, wow. I, I did get it online, but I don't remember how much. Oh, okay. But anyway. Just being silly with your import. Anyway. Uh, well, guys, let's get into the things we hated most about King Kong vs. Godzilla. And uh, let's start Let's start with Nathan, uh, because I'm very curious, loving on so many kaiju movies, Godzilla movies, what do you hate most about this in particular one? Well, you guys have kind of hinted at it already. 
That freaking Kong suit. Well, you, I mean, that's my oh. Let's okay, Paul. That, real quick, is that yours? That Kong, no, it's not mine. Okay, so me and Paul. That is my. That is my tragic here. maker. Yes. That is my tragic maker. That Kong oh, suit. The Godzilla suit looks great. That Kong <laughs> suit looks terrible. Yeah, especially. No, I'm sorry. Compared to the Kong suit, the Godzilla suit yeah. looks great. Oh, that Kong yeah, suit even the looks yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that Kong suit looks like a, a a really dirty shag carpet that they just slapped a monkey face on. I, I mean, know. it looks it's... awful. And it looks even worse when it's wet. Oh, yeah. It looks truly horrible when it's wet. You know what? I when just the, I don't know what it is. When the octopus was like on top of him and it would made his face all wet and stuff. And mm -hmm. then I was like, oh, that's disgusting. And then it changed and all of a sudden he's dry. And I was about to like, like, like argue against that, like a continuity, but like, oh, wait, it looks better dry. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm telling you, I don't know what it is. A.G. Subaraya was a special effects genius, but he couldn't make a good ape suit to save his life. I don't know what, because he tried several times, including another King Kong movie called King Kong Escapes. And it still looks, They he made a whole new suit and it's only marginally better. I mean, and <laughs> it's just, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't. And to this day, Kong fans hate this suit. I would they really why. do. Which it's is so the one bad. thing I'm not I am not the biggest fan of the nineteen seventy-six remake of King Kong, but I will say this they did um they did a man in a suit for Kong in that, and it looks great. It yeah, really exactly. does. And they actually well, that was used like 10 it years was later, right? Well, yeah, it was like fifteen years later. But and yeah. they did actually uh, Rick Baker was the guy in the suit for that. And one of the cool things about that is they actually set the mask up so that it was his actual eyes and not That's prosthetic great. eyes. Oh good. Yeah, yeah. So it is it is a marked improvement over this. Yeah, I, so it's and, a creepy I mean, monkey suit. And you mentioned oh, the, sorry, yes. the the shag carpet effect. I feel yeah, like you caught over, yourself before Jimmy did. Overall, yeah. it yeah, I I think it that could have been saved. The overall body could have been saved. The face didn't look like something that just got whacked with the ugly stick so many times. It just looks. I it didn't look. It didn't look apish. It looked like clay. Like clay face was having an off day and decided to sprout some hair. That's what it looked like. It was just. So oh man, I wish I wish I could do a screen share so that I could yeah. show you guys. I'm technically breaking character now. I just realized, but uh, <gasps> I wish you guys could look up. <laughs> I wish you guys could look up the suit from King Kong Escapes because it's only a little bit better. Oh, we can do that. We can we can look that up. Um, Francisco well, can. He has well, the magic. While I am doing that, uh, let's see, Paul, why don't you talk to us about what? So it wasn't the King Kong suit. What was your no. tragic maker for this film? The thing that took me out of the movie the most, and this is something that we already talked about, was the acting. It was oh, so really? exaggerated by the Japanese actors versus so underplayed by the American actors. It was it was hard to find a tone, but even with the, the Japanese acting, it was so over-the-top and cartoony um, I know they try to ground it in like real life, like drama, what's going on, but the acting just was so cartoony. It would not have surprised me if they inflated both King Kong and Godzilla with helium to, in to move them <laughs> instead of the balloons. I mean, that's just how over the top it seemed, but well, that was yeah. the point. I told you it's a satire. 
Yeah. So yes, that's the suit in King Kong Escapes. So not much different. Oh, it's different, but it's just only marginally it's better. It's bulkier, yeah. Yeah. It's and, and yeah. the face and the face is the face is better, but it's also more cartoony. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. It it looks more it, yeah. yeah. It, it looks yeah, it looks like it I I don't know what to say. It just looks strange it looks like it, it looks like a it looks like a mask it doesn't look real at all that's you know i think what it looks like it yeah. looks like it's part of the uncanny valley but yes. in, a, in a claymation format yes exactly. rather than digital <laughs> yes jimmy i know you're fond of that one because of mechanicong you rebuilt oh. the sucker yes <laughs> we know that's funny. But I will say tonally for the acting, watching the dubbed version of the the American version, that's that's way over the top and it's actually consistent throughout the film. So oh, okay. Um and that part it's it's kind of fun to I actually like to have that on the background sometimes. Um the American dubbed version just cuz it's oh, really? so over the top. Oh wow. Um but uh yeah. But overall, the uh, the movie is better Japanese wise. They they take it a little more seriously. I will say though, Paul, that none except for Taco, none of the characters were memorable for me. I mean, I had I had, could care less about any of what them. What about I'm, the the animal and trees guy? I mean, he was like the serious one. Like. I, no, I don't. I barely remember him. So well, uh, in I, in in defense of this movie. Taco was so over the top that he kind of overshadows everybody what, else. What yeah. about the island translator? Do you remember him? Oh yeah, kind of a little okay. bit. Okay, <laughs> yeah, he was. That guy reminds me of Don Knotts. He's like a Japanese Don Knotts. Seriously. Oh, you know which character stood out to me a lot? That kid that wouldn't say hey to his mom that was calling him over and over again. No, no, he's just gonna go get the magic liquid to put the guy to sleep. I'm not gonna listen to my mom. Oh, the, the little island in, boy. Yeah, when I'm in trouble. No, 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 no. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, and if you have a bingo so there's card a out, lesson. Yes, there's a lesson. Disobedient for, child, right there. There you go. I was gonna say there's a lesson for the kids watching the movie. Obey your mother, or the octopus will eat you. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> Good. And smoking is okay with your mom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Actually, I thought that was funny. Again, yeah. part of the wow. satire, especially since they use the radio and they freak out over the radio. They're like, what is the magic box? Right, exactly. <laughs> anyway, guys, well, now that we've all entered our targeting information into the firing computer, Alice, do you have a firing, firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. That was way too hard. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jimmy says he helped her put this calculation together. So, uh, Oh, well, thank you, nice. Jimmy. Yeah, so let's find out uh, whether we rate King Kong vs. Godzilla a classic. We'd recommend anyone go see this film, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, if you see it as a kid or growing up in your youth, it's probably it's definitely worth your time to revisit it. To revisit it. Uh, but if you've never seen it before, probably just pass. Maybe go see the new Kong vs. Godzilla or Godzilla vs. Kong, wherever it is. Or is this film a tragic? It's not worth anyone's time to get today. Whether or not you've Did seen it. You before, say whatever it is, there's different films. You gotta be specific. <laughs> no. What? <laughs> We are covering King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. 
What's it not Kong versus whatever it is. I know is, that's, those are different you could movies. go see that instead. Okay. If you, All right. if it's nostalgic and you haven't seen this one, go watch one of those instead. Sorry, I wasn't listening. Continue. Wow. <laughs> or do you rate it a tragic? We'd recommend no one watch this. If you have fond memories of it, don't sully those memories with a rewatch. So let's start with our guest. Nathan, what's your final reign for King Kong versus Godzilla, 1962, J- Japanese, 1963, United States? But just the Japanese version, since that's what the one we're doing. <laughs> yes, it's still a classic for me. It's a wow. very important film in the filmographies of both of these monsters. The funny thing is, Kong was actually the more popular one. Godzilla was the new hotness at that point. And because he was he shared the screen with King Kong, it propelled Godzilla to pop culture stardom and I and icon. Oh, okay. and, I didn't realize this helped. Yeah. That. Yeah. And it also it kind of introduced a new version of Kong into the Japanese market. And there's a couple of movies that came out of this. There's a whole to do because Toho basically bought the Kong license for five years. And during those five years, they can make as many movies as they want. Unfortunately, they made a whopping two. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So because of that and because it, you know, it kickstarted not only, not only the, the, you know, the, I guess you could say careers of these monsters, but it also really solidified the kaiju genre as a viable genre of film and as you know, something that was commercially viable. And the, it basically ushered in the golden age of kaiju films. And it was you know, kind of the golden age for Toho because you know, at this point, because they, they were just cranking stuff out. Oh, cool. You know, I didn't uh, know that. Along these lines. For several years after this, so it's because of its importance and its influence, basically on everything, especially Godzilla and Tokusatsu. How about the I film have by to, itself? As a Just film by itself, I still th- I still think it works. It's very much a snapshot of Japan at the time. I mentioned before it was a, a satire of commercialism. Mm-hmm. This was the early '60s. Japan was in the had just started what was what has been called the Japanese economic miracle their their post-war economy was just booming at this point they spent you know the latter half of the 40s and most of the 50s recovering and then it just exploded in the late 50s and into the 60s and their economy grew exponentially for the next basically almost 30 years and All thanks to this film Partly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because it sold as many no, tickets no, no. as it is. It's definitely indicative of it. But this was satirizing all of the stuff that came with this newfound prosperity, kind of pointing out. It's like, yeah, this is wonderful, but there are some drawbacks to it. So it's a social commentary on current events at the time. And I still think its satire is relevant today and really doesn't just have to be applied to Japan. The sort of stuff that we're seeing in this movie, we see all the time now, just in a slightly right. different form. Yeah, I see it so so much, I didn't even realize it was satire, because it's the norm. Oh, yeah, there you go. Well, exactly. that's kind of how satire works. It's so well, yeah, close to be it's so close so to being just you know, to you know, to being real that it make it becomes funny because of it. Oh. Oh. 
And also, oh, Paul, what is yeah. your final rating for King Kong vs. Godzilla? So I, I teetered between um, tragic and nostalgic, and I was surprised because it, it had been a while since I'd seen this. I, I said I had it on the background every so often, but it had actually been at least 10 years since I've done that. So um, I was surprised how well I liked it. So um, not as much as, as uh, the Nate, the Kaiju academic Martian <laughs> and, uh, just alluded to. Um, but I, I'm going to, I wish it it is nostalgic. I just wish I could say it's on the higher end of nostalgic, you know, rather than on the lower. We don't end. have great. Well, I will say, I, I will say, I can agree with you in one aspect, and that is that I would probably because I grew up on the U.S. version, I would probably yeah. rate the U.S. version nostalgic. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so we have a classic and nostalgic. Man, guys, I am so torn. What do you I, mean? I swear. Maybe you should rewatch it this if, time and actually watch it instead of fall asleep. <laughs> go buy the Criterion Collection here's and see the, the proper subtitles. Here's, well, yeah, there that might go. help. Here's the thing. If if there's so many things that could have made this movie like exponentially better, the first of which Kong looking anything more like an actual ape would have just... I mean, this would... Honestly, I feel like this would be classic for sure if he looked better. Um because there's well, a, just imagine well, it, there you go wow okay let me just imagine <laughs> that the first half of jurassic park is you know rip roaring fun um there you go <laughs> <laughs> or let 2001 is actually star wars yeah <laughs> oh wow luke where, where, i can't the monolith i'm so sad for you uh, <laughs> i a lot of me wants to rate this nostalgic because I feel like I would want to give it another chance and watch it again and see what it's like. But so, but it's like, do I really want to put myself through watching that ugly King Kong again? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> He's hardly on the screen. Both, both of them. <laughs> and also, what's up with the clicky, clicky sound when he goes click, 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 Godzilla? Every time it's like click, click, click. It's a good. That's such a weird. What, when he's punching him? No, no. When Godzilla goes like this, when he's like a tall. Yeah, it's like a weird. Oh, when he's kind of clapping his hands together. Like, just make it big sound or no sound. I'm so done with click, click, click. He's a big guy, dude. She'd be like, wow. crash, crash. Things crash. really have to be particular in your life to enjoy it, huh? I'm, I'm get, I'm definitely getting that impression. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No it, clicky noises and no funny looking monkeys or apes. He's a he's basically a, he's basically a nitpicky gatekeeper. I see oh, how this works. Gosh. Yeah, right. I just want things. I want Otherwise, things to be the tragic. Best. I want things to be the best versions that they can, and this didn't get well, there. So I I'm gonna have to say tragic. I'm sorry. It's tragic. This is the 60s, oh my gosh, tragic as I'm sorry. Really. I mean, oh, oh my let's God. leave it. Let's, let's go it's to the listeners. The, it's on the higher end of tragic, there, Paul. You like? <laughs> what does that mean? Does that so mean wait, wait, like wait, 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 wait. Hold on. How does Closer this? How does this final score gonna work there? Because you got one classic, one nostalgic, and one tragic. Does I, this? 
I make think, it you know, break we'll even just, so it's nostalgic? I think, we'll, no, we'll have to just be like, you know what? Captain gets final say on this, I think. And no, just go to, <laughs> we go to our patrons. No, we go to our patrons. People that uh, donate at the uh, or support us at the $5 or higher level get uh, are part of the Rewind Republic. So they'll get to, uh, we'll call it, we'll, we'll combine their votes and whatever vote they pick will sort of sway the vote to whether it's a classic, nostalgic, or tragic. Uh, so we'll find out what they voted now and what our final reign is right now with Francisco from the future. <sighs> Francisco from the future here. And according to our patrons, uh, thank you, Rewind, Re Rewind Republic patrons, uh, they voted uh, that King Kong vs. Godzilla is a nostalgic film. So when all the votes are in, that makes, according to the Retro Rewind podcast, King Kong vs. Godzilla is a nostalgic, highly disputed nostalgic film. We recommend if you saw this as a kid or in the past and have good memories of it, definitely it's worth rewatching. Otherwise, go watch maybe the new one that's coming out or some other Godzilla and or King Kong version. All right, back to Francisco and crew from the past. <sighs> oh, oh, my wow. goodness. I can't. That Seriously, really, guys, patrons, really? I All mean, right. did you guys even watch the movie to give it a fair chance? But okay, let's All go right. with it. I guess we'll have to go with it. Um, All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much, uh, patrons, and uh, yeah, that was that was quite the experience. But now it's time to get back to our own time. Good old twenty XX. Twenty XX, and you're welcome Home for the experience. Line. By the way, receiving incoming transmission. Because this was my. <laughs> Feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1962 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keating, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, The Feeling Film Podcast, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, Mrs. Lomax, James Kennison, I ran out of air, <laughs> Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Cronenbitter, Pastor Deustin, Kennethan, Redeem Dutaku, Ryan Lingle, That's Our Babo, Josh Adams, D. Tungsten, Andy Lewis, and Jeff, in addition to five, o five other awesome patrons as well. I was totally doing the cops. I was, about to, I was trying to input that in there. <laughs> Roll call. Thank you all so, so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help keep us flying for as little as $1 a month or $5 if you want to vote on movies like this where we're tied, then uh, get bonus content for your generosity. Head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to help us grow via Patreon, Subscribestar, or PayPal. Also, this stream is sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. And while we're thinking our supporters, we want to give a big kaiju hug to... Nathan for supporting us with his thoughts about King Kong versus Godzilla, the Japanese version, and NASA Jimmy, Jimmy from NASA. Thank you so much for <laughs> Yes, of course. That goes without saying almost, but I'm glad you said it. I wouldn't. But thank you, Nathan. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Is it a it, 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 so it's not a bear hug? It's like gorilla grip. Is that what? No, it's a, a clicky hug? nail <laughs> hug. Apparently, click, click, click. <laughs> yeah, it really charges my back up. <laughs> anyway, Nathan, where can people find you online? Is there anything else you like to promote to uh, let the people know about? 
Well, one thing I definitely should let everybody know about is not only am I a podcaster, I am also a writer and I have a new book out. Woo-hoo. It's called Zorzum and the God Who Devours. So, you know, we've had a little bit of fun talking about Schwarzenegger. So this is a very Conan the Barbarian sort of a story. But I'm going to say this now. Okay. Zorzum is a barbarian cooler than Conan. There, I said it. Ooh. But Aye, uh, I uh, co-wrote right there. I co-wrote this with my friends Nick Hayden and Aaron Brosman. It's a fantastic story. It's really fun. Sword and sorcery. It's only about maybe a hundred pages or so, so you can breeze oh, through it okay. pretty pretty nice. So yeah. uh, uh, I highly recommend checking it out. You can get it in both uh, digital and paperback on Amazon. Nice. So that's really cool. And I'm hoping to actually have another book out later this year. It'll be a devotional book that I'm working on with several people, including at least one person who's in the chat right now. So, nice. <laughs> so yes. What was the name of the book again? The, the second one? No, no. The, the one that's released oh, the out first now. One? Zorzum yeah. and the God Who Devours. How do you spell Zorzum? Z-O-R-S-A-M. See, I would have okay. been Z R Z U M. So, okay. Thank you for spelling it. <laughs> yeah, Zorzum. Yeah, see, if I have to enunciate like a Brit for you, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. But again, no, so that's, so, uh, so that's one thing I want to promote. And then, obviously, okay, since I'm talking about myself as a writer, you can check out my author website, which is NathanJSMarchand.com. Yes, I had to use my middle, my two middle initials because NathanMarchand.com was already taken. I'm going to find that guy, and I'm going to feed him to that giant octopus. So, <laughs> good. <laughs> and, yes. and take the guy who stole PaulPowers.com as well. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, well, we're going to find him together. Both of those guys together, man. We're gonna. Yeah. I actually <laughs> found my guy. He's a little too tough to take on. Oh. Oh, well, yeah. I'm sure. And I'm sure. I'm sure. RetroRewind.com well, is too expensive. So, yeah. Anyway. Oh, apparently. But anyway, so that so there's that. And then if you want to follow me as an author on Twitter or on Facebook, my face, my professional Facebook page is the Worlds of Nathan Marchand. My uh, my author Twitter is Na- is at Nathan Marchand Seven. As for the podcast, the podcast website is MonsterIslandFilmVault.com. We're on the we're also on Twitter, which is at the Monster Isla One. And then there are several associated accounts that I should probably mention, including yours, Jimmy. Yes, yeah. Follow Jimmy, my intrepid producer at NASA Jimmy. And then there's also my uh, Orwellian overlords, the Monster Island Board of Directors. Their handle is Monster Isla BOD because I guess they love their bod. And then there's also <laughs> Raymond Martin, who is basically the board's lawyer. <laughs> wow. You can follow him at MIFE underscore legal team. And then there is. Yes, this is a thing that exists. I have a pseudo-sister clone. She is a magical girl in the style of anime. Bex knows all about her. They're best friends, practically. And uh, she now has a Twitter. Yeah, she now has a Twitter. Her handle is at CrystalLadyJess1. And I think I got everything. Uh, Also, the podcast is on Facebook and on Instagram. That's all the important Fantastic. stuff. Fantastic. That's all the fulfilled important stuff. Fulfilled your legal obligations. Good job. <laughs> yes, I have fulfilled my contractual obligation, so now I won't get shot into space. Well, that's always a good thing. 
Thank you so much, uh, Nathan, for being on the show. And a hearty thanks also to those of you listening for the first time. And of course, all of you who are a part of our Rad Rewinder community. You all who watch us live every week, whether we are recording this podcast or I'm playing a retro game, are an amazing group of people helping sustain the pod. Team Womps aside. Uh, but if you're looking for ways to get involved in growing this Retro Rewind endeavor, reach out to us on social media where we are at Retro Rewind Pod pretty much everywhere. You could buy some of our merch, including hashtag Team Womp shirts. You could leave us a review on uh, Podchaser or Apple Podcasts, uh, become a monthly patron, or simply just share your favorite episodes of the podcast with a friend so that more people can enjoy the content of the Retro Rewind Pod. You have been listening to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 222, our review of King Kong versus Godzilla with me as your XO, PaulJPowers.com. You can find me online and all my socials at PaulJPowers.com. Whoa, who would have guessed? Thank you for being an amazing friend, amazing kaiju. I mean, not kaiju. You're your normal size, not strange beast. Uh, <laughs> For Strange another, my own way. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But thank you for being unless you that. watch Pacific Rim: The Black, where those kind of blend together. I'm just saying. Oh, interesting. But thank you for being an amazing friend, Paul. It's been an awesome, a fun voyage to Kaiju Island, Kaiju verse here. I've and I have been, and continue to be captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz. Find me on Twitter at fx. Oh my gosh, what's going on? <laughs> You can find him on Twitter at FXRetro underscore, especially if you need to find pixel artwork commissioned. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, I, I, for some reason, I couldn't get it out. That's why you have an awesome friend like Paul to help you when, you know, when you can't, when you can't walk yourself, he carries you. And when, when he can't walk, I say, hey, why don't you get a wheelchair? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is See, that why this we've is been commissioned? Why- <laughs> Go ahead. This, this is, is why, why I have Jimmy as my sidekick. Yeah. Oh, get over it. You're my no. sidekick. And life is better with friends. And Indeed. we've been commissioned by friends to announce we are part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Captain, we are on final approach to base, which I've never even been to, but apparently <laughs> oh, I take uh, that <laughs> has been granted to us. Why? Let's go out and explore more. All right. I guess we could. Thank you so much, EXO. Uh, Thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful now than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for The Parent Trap, another 60s movie, our next episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete Proceed to Nap Point Omega And return to base They actually make a different Japanese ending And a United States ending That way it furthers I hope so Actually, Actually, I had this crazy idea That what they should do Is film two endings one where Godzilla wins, one where Kong wins, and then oh. send prints with different endings to different theaters just to screw with people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like Clue. So everyone, like so Clue. people, exactly. so half the p- audience who sees it will 
go will go on social media to be like, I can't believe Godzilla won. And then the other half would be like, wait, you're crazy. Godzilla uh, Kong won or something like that. Yeah. You can clearly see <laughs> just to watch away. them, just to watch them all fight. I, that would be great. It's kind of like yeah. clue. If you ever watch the movie clue, exactly. there's three exactly. endings and they sent different prints with different endings to different theaters. <laughs> exactly. Though I still think it'd be better if King Kong was you know his normal size and would just crawled and punched like Godzilla and did all that stuff or maybe you know what maybe now that I think about it, maybe King Kong gets shrunk to like man size maybe he becomes an archaeologist even that'd be kind of cool huh no you know, it wouldn't do you know any other archaeologists that would sound as as lame as young Indiana Jones <laughs> <laughs> Then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. Trust me. Are you making this up as you go along? Yeah. Serious! You don't believe me. You will, Dr. Jones. You should accomplish Your throne? No Those people are trying to kill us. I know, Dad! It's a new experience for me. It happens to me all the time. Welcome back to another installment of our, our watch-throughs and reviews of Young Indiana Jones, chapter by chapter, as I, we make our way uh, through the three, three, count them, three of the Indiana Jones movies, because there's only three of them. Uh, <laughs> three. Not four, not five. Not four, not four. Not, uh, three. Anyway. One, uh, two, five. <laughs> we are on our way. There are three lights. Uh, we're on our way to uh, we're on our way to the last crusade coming up at the end of this year. Uh, but right now, what chapter and what uh, chapter of the Indiana Jones Chronicles are we at, Paul? Uh, this time we are we are watching, we are reviewing chapter 13 called Adventures in the Secret Service. This was actually a combination of two different uh, chapters, which earlier aired, combining the first episode of season two, which was titled Austria, March 1917, which came out September 21 in 1992, and the 13th episode in season two, later on called Petrograd, July 1917, which was released March 27th in 1993. Well, very so, good, Paul. Do you want to give us the plot synopsis? I'll, I'll give you the plot synopsis. Episodes yeah. using one sentence each. I'm going to do one sentence for both. Oh, wow. Indy can't ca catch a break as a spy. <laughs> he fails at every turn, apparently. Even though what I think are we he does a do with job. you? <laughs> right? Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. <laughs> the first half. Which is sad because Indy's dad is James Bond. I'm just saying. Right, right. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. The first, the first half, he's in Austria trying to help, uh, try and get the Austrian king to be a part of the allies. I don't think they're the allies in World War One, but He was signing a treaty so that the... Uh, so that they were no longer uh, going to be with allies the with the Germans, yeah, I believe, like that, you know, in yeah. order to yeah. in order to end the war. Yeah, and yeah. then because in the second part, what, because Indiana. you know what you need in an Indiana Jones adventure: lots of politics. Apparently, this was George Lucas's warm up to the prequels. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> calm down, Jimmy. I know Phantom Menace triggers you. Okay. Wow, you um, said it, but that's a good point. I didn't think about that. 
That's very good. Uh, And then the second half, Indy's in uh, Russia during the revolution or what's going to become the revolution. Bolshevik revolution. Bolshevik revolution as the uh, land trying to gain power. Um, and he fails there too, apparently. So uh, let's talk about the thing. Can't stop history. Come on, George. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Tarantino? Let's uh, talk about first off. What's the what's the best part of these episodes? Uh, let's start with Nathan. What's what's the thing you like All right. most about these? Okay, just to let oh. everybody uh, let everybody know, I yeah. absolutely love Indiana Jones. Okay, and, and have you I ever seen these? before i have seen some of them i have not seen okay. this one oh so this okay. was a first for me when i when i saw it but i do I, like i said i have recollections i was actually trying to there was a point when my local library actually had the entire dvd collection of these and i was trying to go nice. through all of them but i never finished it unfortunately oh. i don't remember what prevented me from doing that but the Probably but regardless going into this I will say, first off, it was cool seeing Indiana Jones having not archaeology-related adventures. <laughs> oh, okay. When you know, like we're, <laughs> I know some of them are like that. These weren't. I will also say the first half was definitely more exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where it's yeah. actually, you know, involves going behind enemy lines and sneaking around and yeah, there's some political stuff in the middle there, but then we got to sneak back across the border. And then there's actually this climax is basically a border crossing. It's kind of hilarious where he's he's like, all I have to do is cross the line, man. All I have to do is cross the line and he's running across the train and he's getting shot at. So there's, there's exciting things happening yeah. You get none of that in the second one. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's a lot of talking, a lot of drama, a lot of this woman hitting on Indiana Jones, and all I kept thinking was, "Lady, you're not Marion. Don't even bother." <laughs> Which I thought she looked a little bit like her, like, and I thought she's they a were going to try to. Yeah. Set, I, yeah, I'm set sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, Marion is not a commie. All right. Well, yeah. Well, she, but, was no, she but though? Fa- I don't think she was. No, she's out. I was about wasn't. to say she's out in the Eastern world compared to us living in the Western world. I yeah. forget where, though. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Oh, she's in Tibet. Are we talking about Marion? Isn't Marion in Nepal or Tibet? Somewhere. Yes. I don't know. But that's, that was just at US. that point. That that was it was that was only at that point. We don't know what yeah. she was doing before that. <laughs> that's true. She could be in there. Um, point. Anywhere. Anywhere, regardless. But you liked the the sort of the excitement and that he wasn't doing archaeology in these episodes. Yeah. Or at least the excitement. Yeah, well, in the, first the excitement one. in the first half. Yeah. I do kind of like that he was, even though the second half wasn't exciting, I do like that he was doing doing sort of cryptography, which I was like, Indy doesn't do this. Oh, wait, he does that in Last Crusade. He's like figuring out yeah. all these clues and stuff. So, never yeah. mind. Yeah. I was about to say, although I have to. With an eye. <laughs> yeah. Although I have to admit, I was a little bit confused when this thing started because I'm like, did I? Was there something that carried over from the previous one? Because I don't understand the context of what's going on. Why is he in France? Why is yeah. he? What is yeah. he doing here? I, there- I had to piece it together because I'm like, I feel like I missed something. But. 
uh, looking into it a little bit, I can't tell if there was anything that would have given me any sort of context. Not really. I mean, you, I was you, about to say yes, but not satisfying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not like to the, where it's like, oh, now I get why he's doing all these yeah. things. No. And then like and then it was also confusing because all of these French guys and uh, the Austrians that he was trying to escort never call him Indy or Mr. Jones or anything like that. That's using a different name, and I'm just. I'm like, yeah. what is going on? I am confused here. And then, <laughs> then they called another guy Henry, like Henry, and it was an, yeah. another guy spoke up. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. Just, what is going on? Yeah. Now, I will say another another reason I liked the first half more is because it had Christopher Lee in it, which I was not that expecting. Was, I wasn't expecting that. that. I saw his name in the credits. I'm like, really? Christopher Lee? Wow. Okay. Yeah. And that brought a cinematic caliber yeah, to absolutely. this. Yes. Yeah, to this. And that's the thing that's really interesting. Uh, from what I understand, the the show, this young Indiana Jones show was pretty popular but it ended up getting canceled relatively quickly because it was really expensive to yeah, produce we, because they're filming the on location exactly, yeah. yeah, and stuff like that. But there, you can definitely tell they threw that money onto the screen with this. This is the most cinematic oh, looking absolutely. 90s television show yes. I think I've ever seen. Yeah, now, now we're, we take it for granted now because TV is basically made like movies but yeah, nowadays. But back then that was... You didn't see stuff like this. This felt like a movie. I will say that. It felt like a movie. It really did. And including Christopher Lee, I think, brought some of that, uh, you know, like cinematic gravitas. gravitas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what made this movie, uh, this movie, this show look even more cinematic? Was watching it at two x speed, but we'll maybe talk about that. Oh, no. (laughs) I was wondering if you were still doing that. You cheater! You went I, back. I know. Okay, uh, Paul, what's something you liked about uh, Young Indiana Jones? This, I re- this in this episode, this chapter, I really enjoyed the um, the mystery. Like, okay, who who can you trust, and and who can't you? And even on both both the uh, both episodes, it was like, oh, and what are they? You know, the the uh, the sneaking around trying to figure out puzzle solving um aspect i also liked that um there there was a swing at the end of the second one there was a swing and they introed the young indiana jones music it wasn't the the um the john williams indiana jones music that we love but at least they incorporated the theme of the the young indiana jones into it which was nice yes yes that was um yeah i i uh, for me, the thing I liked most about it was, it's weird, but I kind of like that it ended on this very dour note with the, the after with the cost did shot. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, because now, and here's that's something more like history, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing because I looked up the timetable on this. This movie, well, that half of the movie takes place in July 1917. The Bolshevik Correct. Revolution was in November that year, uh, so. Okay. So it's kind of early. funny if you know your history when they're saying like, oh, you know, this isn't going to happen. Uh, this probably well, won't happen now. And I'm like, <laughs> it, it, it was the beginning of the, the yeah, revolution. It was the beginning of it. It didn't quite take it. So that makes sense that it happened a few yeah. months before then. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that I will admit the ending of that second episode, I actually did think was pretty effective mm-hmm. because really? okay. the, the question that came to my mind was because the 
this episode, it's probably more apt to call it an episode, yeah. wants you to be sympathetic toward these people. But my the question I was asking myself is, are we to sympathize with them because they're revolutionaries or because they were fools and tried to start their revolution too soon? Or his friends. So maybe it's a mixture I of all like of them. I feel like it's, it's yeah. friends, but... Yeah, because see, that's the thing that I was, and I was once I realized, okay, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be going to Russia, nineteen seventeen. We're gonna actually have Lenin in this, and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be really interesting to see what their attitude is about this, because I don't think it's not pro communist for sure. Mm-hmm. You well, get the impression that Lenin is making yeah, a bunch of promises. Problem. Yeah, you get the impression Lenin is making a bunch of promises that we knowing history no are not going to come about right so there's that level of tragedy here and indy doesn't seem to be very happy about it because he's a good american but but what i thought they did was a great job of showing um to us on the western side how can someone um vladimir Lenin lenin uh lead a a nation of people in in this direction why would they follow him but I thought they did a great job of showing how charismatic and persuasive he could be using those ideals. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, and, and you could totally see how everyone in the audience and stuff was captured by what he was saying. And and it's it's one of those things that I wish I almost wish there was more time to like go into the philosophies of it because on its face, communism has so much of it seems right. It sounds right. It seems like right. yeah, if everyone could just it would it'd be In great a for everyone society exactly yes. but we're but you it totally um uh forgets to look at the heart of man and how we are we are uh de- what's what's the verse to set our hearts are uh, deceived ah you know the heart is deceit uh, is deceptively wicked or something, something like, like that, that. Yeah. yeah 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 it's in isaiah yeah thank oh okay Ex- excuse me or is I'm that sorry. isaiah or no oh wait now i'm thinking it's either isaiah or jeremiah now i can't okay we're not it's in, it's in the bible it's in the bible i'm gonna look it up because now it's but, which is interesting that you bring that up because there's a conversation i actually really like this scene as unexciting as that episode was by comparison the scene where the the revolutionary girl and this other guy are talking and she's talking about all of these communist ideals that she's been hearing from Lenin and this guy's arguing he's like you can't you know people like H.G. Wells and all these authors all that they're advocating for creating paradise on earth he said you can't do that that's the domain of God that it exists only in heaven and stuff like that yeah so I'm glad that they had that yeah absolutely It was it offered a count. Yes. (laughs) Well, yeah, kind of. But it offers a counterpoint to what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another one of those reasons why I don't think this episode necessarily comes out as pro communist. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I because there are characters who don't like it and like Indy. I mean, come on, I what a buzzkill is it to be taken on a date on your birthday to, to a communist rally. I mean, he was clearly not having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it was really interesting. It was trying to make more of this because something like this, especially when you're an American, you can easily just distill it down to that it's robbed of any substance. You know, this is the rise of the Soviet Union, and, we're not, and as Americans, we're not supposed to like it. But 
as we're seeing in this, there was a lot going on. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's good to sympathize with people. Like when you just see communism as like a group of people, it's very easy to be tribalistic and be like, well, ours way is better than your ways. But if you can America, if you can <laughs> drill it down to an actual person, it, it, you can become much more sympathetic and 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 it becomes much more tragic in that regard too. I think. Also, Hitler, Nazis. Um, also, <laughs> Jeremiah 17, 9, it was the verse you got, right, uh, Nathan? Yeah, the heart is deceitful above Good all job. things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And that's the NIV, <laughs> NIV version. Wow. Wow. Anyway, uh, so I think I think we all went through the things we liked about this. What yeah. didn't we like about this episode, this chapter of Young and Jones? And Nathan, let's you again. I've kind of already mentioned it. The second half of this is not very but exciting. But you just said that one moment was great. <laughs> well, yeah, there's great moments in it. It's just not very exciting. I mean, the first one is an actual, <laughs> the first one's an actual adventure. And then this one is, yeah, I, yeah I'm trying to be a spy and but, I'm checking things out, but you know, but I'm you not know really, yeah. As as slow and boring as the second part is compared to the first one, I actually had more problems with the first one than the second really? one. Really? Oh, interesting. And, and the fact, like, hey, everybody, okay, you two, remember, we 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 have to pretend like we don't know each other, and and then what do they do? They just huddle around talking to each <laughs> other, like, uh, okay, okay, okay. Here's something. Here's something I want to bring up because. I wrote this down in my notes because I thought, ooh, I think I know how this is going to happen. So then it kind of makes this one scene just like, why did, why did this happen? But that scene when they're riding in the train and they're crossing into Austria and they get stopped at the border and they're and Indy Sam's like, hey, you know, make sure, you know, you, you play it cool and all of that. Yeah, and what and do then, they do? They line up right next behind each other. <laughs> yeah, well, and then one of those brothers gets... Yeah arrested basically yeah and then and his brother and then his uh his other brother is like oh we have to save him and he's like nope we can't we just gotta go right we just yes. gotta go and yes. then he's trying and to tell us like hey we're me. get on the train yeah. <laughs> yeah get on the train and he's all like we're, we're just gonna have to accept the fact that we, we don't know what's gonna happen to your brother and all that he's and gone. then he just walks back in and he's like hey they thought i was someone else i really seriously thought that that was foreshadowing that this guy yeah stabbed them in the back and it was going to come back later that would be i really because i'm like if they're acting like these guys these guys are going to take him away there's no way that they wouldn't be taking him away unless they were really suspicious indy even made it sound like it's like you know what the difference is between what was it like the Austrians and other people's like they they just shoot you you know yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and stuff like that and then so it's like all this buildup and then nothing's like well, okay that's what he's I in like cahoots with it. them it's like who who can you trust and who can you can't trust and yeah that train took off and all of a sudden he's on it like how did he quickly get out of that like get on his papers you know but I thought the same thing I thought oh he's in cahoots with the bad guys you can't trust him now can you trust the brother and then there's this other woman oh she's like oh I knew that was a fake out like that's gotta yeah. be but I didn't I th and I thought their their person contact was going to be another woman not that woman but that was funny oh yeah that made out. me laugh a little bit you know yeah. Schultz I thought of Hogan's Heroes and actually my college dorm. I stayed in a dorm called Schultz Hall. So oh, there you go. 
Also, I didn't like there were so many gunshots, not only mostly in the first episode that, that missed doesn't get hit. Stormtrooper yeah. camp. These people are going to. Yeah, I was going to say this is a George Lucas property, which I will say I did like the there were a couple of lines. They've been doing this in the past couple of chapters. Well, they're throwing. I have a bad feeling. Yes. They'll come. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What like an incredible that, yes. new smell you discovered. Yes, that was another Star Wars line that they, they incorporated in this one. Which OK, like. but can someone tell me? the villain that we had we kept seeing he never talks oh yeah, and all of that can someone tell me what was going on with him i just wrote down oh. in my notes who the heck is evil winston Churchill? no 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 <laughs> this is so so here's what here's his backstory guys he he got tired of making skates for Emilio estevez he's like i yeah, gotta get out of here and i and, gotta go over to, to austria <laughs> and run a criminal organization but before that, he actually ran a criminal organization, Lethal Weapon 2. But we yeah. forget about that. <laughs> so what <laughs> you're saying that. is this poor actor has been typecast <laughs> as a villain for his entire career. Well, we're not, not Got it. Mighty Ducks. But, yeah. well, but, um, and was he a villain in Hunt for Red October? I thought he was. No, yeah, the, he wasn't that. He was the other, the ambassador for France, or for France, mm -hmm. for Russia, to the United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he was the he main is, villain he, in uh, Bo Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, so maybe no, in the, in the was future he? In the I end, forgot Yeah, that. he was the oh, main So he guy. is diplomat. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is the, diplomat for Mother Russia. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Which but is anyway, funny that that's what's Austrian going on with him. Yes. Anyway, so we're dislikes, I think. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So I'll, speaking of getting shot, I thought at the end of the very last... <laughs> His his friend gets shot, but they don't shoot him going to try to rescue his friend. I mean, like, hey, come on, why'd they stop him. shooting at the crowd? Bullets that is, that is uh, you know, you know why? Two things. They have to keep the show going. Main character immunity and drama. That's <laughs> okay. It's part of his contract. Or, or, or if you prefer plot armor. You, you can I have did, main character immunity yeah, or like plot that. armor. You know what? This makes me appreciate the time that the young boy Indy got so sick he almost died. I mean, That's that was close. Point. Yeah, that yeah. was close. That was close. So he has had brushes with death, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, I, I like plot armor. That's pretty good. Well, uh, and for me, the thing that I, I guess I just really didn't like was I felt like Christopher Lee was underutilized. We were mentioning earlier. Oh, how that it was, was so but cool. it was nice. Well, the way he was in there. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This was before Christopher Lee became a huge star again. Oh, okay. at this point, because yeah, that because Lord of the Rings catapulted him. Yeah, that was a huge yeah. shot in the arm for him in terms of his acting career. And the guy was what, like in his sixties already at that point. Oh, I'm he sure had been was. acting since at least the seventies, yeah. and he was. Yeah, well, he was known to, you know, people who are fans of horror movies only because he played Dracula yeah. mm -hmm. in a right. bunch of movies mm -hmm. back in the right. seven, at least the 70s. I could be wrong. I haven't seen a whole lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> but so he was known, but Lord of the Rings catapulted him. So this yeah. is pre Lord and, of the Rings and, and Christopher Lee. Dooku. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious because they said he he played his character as a count. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. It made me laugh. Wow. <laughs> if you want to, what's funny is you mentioned we're since we're on the top of Christopher Lee. He was, uh, and I think I made mention. I forget if this was in Edmund Mode or not. So my apologies if it was. But he uh, he 
I watch riff tracks every so often when I'm just like want something on for a little bit. And he's actually in this old black and white movie that comes up on riff tracks every so often. They have like a random rotation. And I'm trying to find I'm trying to find the name of it. But he plays like the head of this coven of witches. I mean, spoilers. He's the head of it, but you don't know that, Raph. That, <clears throat> but uh, oh, just look at him. You can tell, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> how do you think yeah. he got the role of, of Sauron? <laughs> so it's called the City of the Dead in 1960, and he's 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 a professor in that. So he's I, in 1960. I don't know how old he was, but at least in his 30s, if not 40s. So he's yeah by the. 22,000s, he's, I'm sure, really high up there, 80s maybe. But anyway. Um, oh, yeah. Someone in the chat just pointed out that he was also the man with the golden gun. So oh, is that a James Bond? Uh, that's a James Bond film. Okay, so, yes. Okay. Well, that, It was a Roger Moore James Bond film. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, so all that to say, that's a good point, Nathan, that his 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 star was waning maybe at this point. He was sort of like in a doldrum of his career. But still, I guess I felt like he was... It's hard for me I to feel it was like a it's a small role that he elevated greatly. That's true. All he right, did. That's fine. Fine, guys, with I'm your sorry, logic just and like stuff. with Christopher Lee. I'm sorry I don't like him, but. <laughs> oh, Ray Will, thank you. Christopher Lee's first film credit was 1948. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. To get to the Lord of the Rings. Wow. <laughs> Oh, it's a long, it's a long walk to Mordor, Paul. Um, yes, I don't know why I called you. <laughs> Coral, That's why he but... teamed up with Saruman. Wow, Saruman. We he was six. Any one does not simply walk into Mordor. Way. Okay, so those are the things we liked, disliked about this chapter of Young and Jones. So, given this episode, would you oh, be yeah. interested in seeing the next one, or would you be like, no, nah, I'm not going to watch anymore? Nathan, what's your vote? I am actually really curious. I kind of want to go back and revisit the ones that I remember oh, seeing cool. okay. when I was younger. And like I said, I uh, Indiana Jones is basically my favorite action hero, so oh, cool. I want to see more of it. Mm -hmm. And you know, I would like to... I, the completionist in me is kind of kicking in. It's so much so that I actually did look up the DVDs for this thing because all of them have been released on DVD. Oh, nice. Right. Okay. Nice, nice. Uh, Paul, how about you? Would you want to continue watching if you weren't commissioned to do that? Or would you be like, <laughs> wait, eh, someone's no. paying me Contractually to? obligated? Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, based on this episode alone, I thought the the spy uh, stuff was interesting enough, intriguing enough. I would want to see where it goes from here. Okay. So I would be interested. Okay. Here. Yeah. I, you know, for me, I'm kind of, I'm very interested to see, I'd be interested if he like, stays in Russia and what happens there. I also wish that we had seen that Russian girl when he was a young kid come back and like them like oh, rekindle something. Yeah. I think that would have been a nice like touch point to like, oh hey, you've been watching this kind of slow yeah. show for that so would have been Let's a great two parter you. from back in the you know back when they originally yes, aired it. Yes, exactly. So I yeah all these missed opportunities we're we're having with this, but regardless Okay, so we all sound like we'd be interested to keep watching. So this was a, a pretty good one on the whole. Uh, yeah. eh. Or I'm getting numb to it. I'm getting used to it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm a frog. I don't know I'm in this the, boiling pot the, of water. The Stockholm syndrome is setting <laughs> yeah. in right now. Yeah, exactly. it's not too bad in here now. I'm a frog in water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much uh, for listening to this one. And we'll be back in a, another month for Chapter 14 
of Young Nan Jones. Until next time, whippa!